be open and just know that you're not alone. Um, everyone will find training, life, anything hard, um, and that's okay. Um, but you're not alone. That's the biggest thing. You know, I when I went through all the trauma and you know the body not cooperating, all that sort of thing. You know, I thought I was alone. It's like, why me? Why me? Why me? And you know, the more I talked about it to, to friends, to family, to just anyone, I realised that yeah, I'm not alone, and don't be afraid to put it out there. Be open. Don't bottle it up. That was Carl Reed, and this is the Running Deep podcast. And welcome back to this week's episode of the Running Deep podcast with me, your friendly host, Ken Mullins. Now, on this week's episode, as you know, I sat down and actually got the honour of sitting down with Carl Reed. Now, for those who don't know who Carl is, uh, he is an ultra-endurance athlete, a triathlete, a ex-pro triathlete, I might add. Uh, he has many, many records. Uh, he had the unofficial world record for Ultraman. Uh, he placed you know, in the top five, top six for the uh, pro division, Ironman as well, uh, 100 miler, ran that in 15 hours and 19 minutes. So overall, this man's fast. He has the capacity to really, really push himself uh, into that pain cave. But today's conversation wasn't about that. Now, we touched on it. We spoke about a few things. But over the past couple of years, uh, you know, Carl has gone through a bit. Uh, especially with a major health scare. Uh, again, I won't ruin that in the introduction, but yeah, he's gone through a bit, a bit of PTSD, uh, had a, quite a few surgeries, and it's really forced Carl to, I guess, slow down in a way that he's not used to. You know, he is so used to pushing the limit of his body, uh, pushing the upper limit of his uh, mental capacity, but now he's been forced to really take a step back, really... I guess, enjoy life for what it is and, you know, the learnings in this conversation are huge. You know, it gives permission for us as the amateur athlete, as the person striving uh, to be better or 1% better every day, that it is okay to slow down, you know. I, I guess through the lens of, you know, I guess Carl is a, a, a phenomenal athlete. And he has ticked off a few things on his uh, bucket list. But, you know, for the amateur athlete that is, you know, beating themselves up that they didn't get to hit the, you know, the session they wanted to, this conversation's for you. Um, I'm not going to ruin anything. I'm not going to give any spoilers. Uh, but please, please enjoy this long-form conversation with me and Carl Reed because there is a lot in here to take away. There is a lot. And I am so honoured and grateful for you know for Carl to be so open and honest about his life, uh, you know his battles with alcoholism, uh, his battles with just himself. I think we've all got those battles, and you know to to have this real raw conversation with Carl was a, a real eye opener. And uh, yeah, as I said, please enjoy this conversation with me and Carl Reed. 
Hey, man. Oh, there we go. Hey, dude. Hold on. Oh, sorry, I have to do it on my phone because, I don't know, my laptop wouldn't pick up the camera. Yeah, no, that's all right. Bear with me. As long as you can hear and see me all right, then we're good. Yeah, man, we're good to go. Um, Thanks for doing this. Really, like, I guess on such short notice. But um, that's all good. No. Yeah, I've, I've look, I've, I've followed your, I guess, your journey for the past couple years now. I think, like, when did you do the BVRT hundred miler? Um, Was that two thousand and nineteen? I think. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, I was just, I was just looking at the trophy. I couldn't, couldn't remember what date it was. Yeah, in, in amongst um the middle of COVID, actually. Gotcha. Yeah. No. So I, I, yeah, got onto you. Like, I think you know Trent Harding. Yeah. T Bones. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sort of got me onto you, and then ever since I've just been following. Like, I guess for <laughs> for me, the my like main three is like Ryan Crawford, you, Simon Cochran, and Trent. Like, you guys are all I, I guess for me under the same, just like incredible athletes, incredible athletes. So yeah, I again I just I I'm I'm really honored to be doing this with you. Like it's not often that I get to sit down with people like yourself and you know, I'm oh I'm happy. It's cool. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, I know I know Ryan really well. I uh, know Trent really well. Yeah. I was coaching Trent yeah, yeah. Uh, towards the end of last year. Um so coached him for about four or five months, I think it was, and he was going great. Um he's taken taking a bit of a break at the moment and yeah, obviously I've um, trained, raced, hung out with Simon for nearly 12 years. And, and like, just, like, watching, you know, both of you do your thing, you know, at such a high level. I, like, you know, I saw you guys go on a training run or have, I think he was coming into his Ultraman prep. It was just, like, off the bat, like, a 60K run. Like yeah, just casually. It's like fuck, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. I, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that run. Yeah, I did. I did a marathon with him, then jumped on the bike, um, for his last um eighteen k. So um, but yeah. yeah, so essentially, I was out there with him, and um, yeah, he was. That was his last, <clears throat> excuse me, big key run before Ultraman Hawaii, and yeah. um. Yeah, that was a that was a ripper of the day. Actually, we did it in ten k blocks. Um, yeah, fuck. so essentially he did six by ten k. Mm. Yeah, so I but, think like for, yeah, for I me, love that sort of training. Yeah, like 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 what I what I love especially about you, like you know, I've all like since I started following you, I didn't really follow the story or know too much about your story and like how you sort of got into what you do. Um, because yeah. you know your res your your race resume is massive. You know you've you've done, or at the time it was the Oz work record for the hundred miler. Um, you know Ultraman. You you know top five in Ironman. Like you you you're you're an athlete, but you know you don't just become you know an elite athlete like that. You know it takes years and years and years. And you know I just there was always something about you that I knew that there was a bit more to the story. You know, I, I guess, yeah. you know, there's, 
you look at like people like Simon and that, you know, it's just a li- not a linear path, but you just go, yep, yeah, like he is an athlete. He just trains. There, wa- there wasn't such like, you know, a-, a catalyst for, you know, he was an addict or something like that. And there was this massive arc, you know, for you, I've always known there was something there. And you know, I-, I guess I want to dive into that today and I guess show the, the audience, you know, what you're about. Like, because I- after watching those videos that you sent me, it, it yep. paints a bigger, brighter picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly not a gifted triathlete or ultra runner or anything like that by you know any stretch of the imagination. Um, if you had asked me 20 years ago, you know, you'd have the resume or the the list of races I've done and accomplishments. Now I would I would have laughed at you. Mm. Um, and, you know, cause back, you know, I, I mean, I was your classic Kiwi kid growing up, cricket, rugby. Um, and I did that right through my teenage years into, you know, playing under 21s and rugby reserves, seniors, um, both in rugby and cricket, um, right up until my mid twenties, I think it was, um, mm. and you know, I think as in the first video that you would have watched, I didn't really even know what triathlon was about. Um, <clears throat> I can remember watching Hamish Carter, Evan Doherty and those guys on TV. And, man, I had no idea what what your, what a triathlon was all about. Um, I thought it was pretty cool, but, you know, mm. no way you'd catch me in Lycra. Um <laughs> You know, swimming, biking, and running. I think, yeah. I, and like I said, um, I didn't even know what order you did it in, stuff like that. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I grew up in a culture where you know, drinking was a big part of both rugby and cricket. You know, especially when I got a bit older. Um, you know, drinking after the games, after training, um, socialising. Um, mm. You know, leaving home on a Thursday night for rugby training and coming back on a Sunday night sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, you know, I grew up watching my uncles and people I, you know, looked up to when I was younger do that. And, you know, I just thought that was the norm. Um, and yeah, it is still a little bit, a little bit like that these days. Um, not as much, but um, yeah, back then it was just part and parcel of what you did on a weekend really. Mm. Yeah, I think like how it ties into like, as I've told you, you know, I'm I'm nearly I'm nearly at a year, year sober, and it has, it is it's it's been an interesting year just internally for me, um, you know, like so for your story, like at what point did you say enough was enough? Because one of the in one of the videos, you know, there's something you, that just resonated with me, and it was like, why would I have one when I can have ten? Or twenty beers, you know. I, I that that's yep. me in a nutshell. Like I drink yep. to get drunk. I drink to write yep. myself off and come home at six a.m. That's me. That's who yep. I am. Yep, that's that's me. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I can remember being. I think we were about 13, 14, and we we're having a few beers in the garage. You know, we'd have them. Me and about two or three mates. You know, would um, dad would buy me a a six pack of beers and it, it wasn't just to have a couple of beers. It was like, okay, let's see if we can nail a six pack as quickly as we can. 
see mm. how drunk we can get and, you know, be spewing whatever and, you know, you'd feel like absolute trash the next day but then you were just into it the next night or whatever and, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, my my personality is, um, you know, all in, as, as one of the videos was all about. Um, you know, I'm, oh, I don't know, I've lost count of how many tattoos I've got. Um, mm. They're all merging into one, but, you know, I've got that very addictive sort of all in personality and drinking was, yeah, um, yeah, I, I just didn't see the point in one or two beers because, mm. um, that's not going to get me pissed. Um, I'm not going to be a larrikin and be out all night. So yeah, what's the point? So right, okay, you know, a box of beers to myself. You know, you're talking 24 beers, and then whatever else you can um, handle. And oh, you know, the nights are blur. You don't even remember it. But um, that was just how I did it, um, and did that for a long, long time. Um, there were times when you know. I'd go a couple of weeks without having a drink or anything like that. But I was more, I could go Monday, basically Monday to Thursday without touching a drop. Um, I was fine with that. But then come Thursday, it was like, oh, thirsty Thursday. <laughs> um, what's everyone up to on a Friday? You know, this was before cell phones and all that sort of thing. So mm. it'd be, you just knew, all right, everyone's going to meet at the, at the pub or at whoever's flat um, mm. on a Friday Arvo and, and, and away we go. And, um, yeah, I, that's, that was me for a number of years. And then when I gave up rugby and cricket, um, the socialising and drinking didn't stop. I just mm. carried that on. And that's when the diet, um, the lifestyle, I didn't do any exercise. Uh, yeah, I got really um overweight i think i got up to nearly 100 kilos mm. um you know in my rugby playing days i was you know well i wouldn't say i was solid i played halfback so i wasn't yeah i wasn't <clears throat> big like a a center or a, a second five but you know i was solid enough to play senior rugby and that was i think i would have would have been 80 kilos you know and that was rather mm heavy for me and then yeah to balloon right up to nearly a hundred um there's a couple of wedding photos that i'm in and it uh, you wouldn't even know it was me now um so yeah that was me for a number of years but it sort of got to a point where i got into triathlon but i still drunk and obviously you know you know it's like the fitter you get the less you can handle your um <laughs> your booze and I just got sort of worse, you know, I'd go out for an, uh, an all-night bender and not even know where I was or what I was doing, um, you know, causing a bit of mischief, all that type of thing, and losing my wallets, um, you know, <laughs> um, oh, just terrible stuff. And, um, and actually, was at, I was MC at my sister's wedding um, back in 2012, and I was really tame, um, you know, I was – not drinking, making sure that I did all the right things, mm. you know, for my sister's wedding. But sort of when my duties had finished, mm. that was it. I played um, I played catch-up. And I can remember, I think I ditched a, had drinking out of a glass. I was just drinking red wine out of the bottle. Um, mm. And 
absolutely wrote myself off. And then the next day I decided, we, you know, it was a Sunday. Let's let's um, get into the drinks again. It's a Sunday. It's a beautiful day. Everyone's sort of celebrating. And again, I just wrote, I completely wrote myself off. And my wife said, uh, well, yeah, my um, Paula at the time, um, before we were married, she said, enough's enough. This is just out of control. Um, she said, you need to do something about it or I don't know, whatever you need, you've got to do something. And because um, they're else, you know, we were planning to get married later that year. We, you know, mm. we'd gotten engaged um, over in France. And um, yeah, you know, she said, if you carry on like this, I mean, we're probably not going to get married because you just, mm. yeah, can't, ha- you know, I can't handle you like that. And it was sort of like a flick of a switch. You know, I was like, took a step back, had a thought, um, a think about it all. And, yeah, I made the decision to just stop drinking because, like you said, you know, it's either zero or twenty beers. So, um, yeah, I it's yeah, like it's for you. Like I, I love that it was you know, like I had the same sort of experience with, you know, it was just a you know a light bulb moment where, I guess, you know, I I'm, I will say you know I'm I'm not proud of it. I'm an alcoholic. That's what I am. I. That's who I am. I'm an addict when it comes to the drink. And, you know, it it didn't take, and I say this a lot, I think with getting sober, you know, I got a DUI. I got high-range driving. I crashed my car, totaled my car. I threw punches at my wife when I was blackout. I don't remember. I put holes in the wall. I got home at six. I was abusive. I was... I, I was a I was a piece of shit, and it didn't that that didn't deter me. I always, you know, promised everybody I'm going to get better. Promised I would never do it again. Promised, you know, on special occasions that I wouldn't drink because everyone would, you know, be worried about Kent. Oh, yeah, he's, he's got a beer in his hand. You know, you can't have one. You have to have ten. You know, so it it was. You know, I fucked up so many times, so many times, and all it took for me to fully go, I'm done. You know, uh, this time or Easter last year, I went out with, I ended up just on Easter, I think it was a Sunday. I went to a mate's place and we drank a bottle of whiskey, wrote myself off for no reason, you know, got a bit of cocaine and, and then, you know, I get home at 4am. I'm supposed to be the Easter bunny. I'm supposed to do an Easter hunt and I couldn't, I'm hungover in bed. And there wasn't yeah. like this massive, you know, like, oh, Ken, you're a piece of shit. It was just sort of like, oh, Ken's hungover. And my kids are asking me to come out of the bed and do something with them. And I'm like, I, I don't want to. And then it was like, yeah, like, this is your life. If you continue down this path, this is your life. And it was just, uh, I'm done with drinking. Like, I'm, yep. I can't do this anymore. Yep. You know, so yeah, you... that, that was ex- exactly yeah. like me. I was spewing off my mum's balcony, you know, 30-something mm. years old. Um, no, yeah, 31 or two, I think I was. <clears throat> yeah, power chucking off my mum's mm. balcony. Um, yeah, being a bit abusive, you know, uh, you know, and and it was just a yeah, the same old story. Oh, yeah, Carl's, yeah, exactly, you know, like you are saying, Oh, Carl's pissed again. 
watch out. He's going to start, you know, swearing and cursing and whatever. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I can relate to that a lot. And yeah, you, yeah, it's that light bulb moment. And yeah, I'll be coming up, I think, what did I say? 12 years. Um, yeah, in April. In April. Yeah, 12 years in April. Yeah. And sort of now, and, like, you know, oh, you go, sorry. Uh, yeah, and a couple of people actually have asked me oh, recently or the last year or so, oh, do you, you know, do you think you'll drink again? And, um, or, you know, could you just, you know, I'm playing a bit of golf now and doing other things, you know, outside of sort of triathlon and multi-sport and, you know, yeah, go up to the golf club and everyone's having a few beers. I just have a 0% beer now, you know, like that's is probably as close as I'll get. Um, and for that exact reason, I don't think I can just have one. Still, I still don't think I can just have one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm going to have one, I might as well just have a can of Coke because mm. I, enjoy, I enjoy a can of Coke, um, especially, you know, on a long ride or something like that. So, yeah, you know, I, I've i said to people, nah, it's just it's not in my DNA. You know, it's, um, mm. yeah, I've, I've got to have 20, so... Yeah, yeah it's funny, like, going through this first year for me, like, oh, you know, people are just like, oh, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you doing this? And it's like, I, I can't. Like, if I drink, I'm going to fuck up my life. Like, everything yep. that I've worked towards, you know, all the ultras, all the triathlons, all, all the training, everything I've done up here, down here, goes straight out the fucking window. Like, I, I know in myself... If I drink, my life will be ruined. It's as simple as that. So for you, like, you know, you, yeah. you, you're 12 years sober. Are you still getting those, I guess, cravings? Like, the, you know, that urge to really write yourself off? Yeah, I do. Yep. Especially when, you know, you go on a stag do or... um you know, you 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 sober drive. Um, you know, I took a whole lot of mates on a what they call a poker run for the raising money for the fire brigade. And mm. you know, you go around to each fire station or these locations, pick up a card, and you just you at the end of it, you hand in your cards and you get whatever poker hand you get. But it's all about socialising and drinking. And mm. and I was sober driver, and I just had a couple of zero percents. But you know, we're cruising along in the car. And um, I'm driving. There was a little part of me was like, man, I wish I was mm. getting on it. And because um, back when, if that was 20 years ago, I would have been driving. And drunk. And drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And and drinking while I'm driving. And I would have had 12 beers and still be driving. Because um, mm. 20 years ago or, you know, however long it was, that that was what, Everyone did around here. Um, drink driving was just part of your weekend, um, which, you know, man, I honestly don't know how I got home some nights. Um, oh, well, yeah. I do know. I, oh. I drove, but I'm surprised I wasn't in a ditch or, um, well, in saying that, I have put a car in a ditch. Um, but, yeah, it is a little – sometimes I get that little voice in my head or that feeling that, yeah, you wish you were on it. Um I suppose more 
more so actually, you know, going from playing around a golf and, you know, it's a hot, mm. sunny day and a, a nice, mm-hmm. crisp, cold beer would um, really go down a treat. Um, but that's where these 0% beers actually are not too bad. Everyone's like, oh, why are you drinking that rubbish? Well, it's the a mental side of things. It's, yeah, it, it, it's telling my brain that you're having some form of beer. It just doesn't have alcohol in it. Um, and they actually make some reasonable ones now that taste pretty much the same as an alcoholic beer, I think. Um, so, but, you know, I, I have a couple of them and it was funny. I had, I had a few couple of weekends back. I might have three zero percents. And the next day I woke up feeling pretty rubbish. Um, yeah. Not from the alcohol, but like the sugar and the stuff, the yeah. you know, in the in the zero percent. So I was like, oh yeah, this sort of reminds me of a little hangover. And I was like, that's what I, I don't miss the hangover. That's for sure. Well, that's it. You know, I like I work in hospitality, so I'm I'm surrounded by alcohol. That's just yeah, yeah it's hospitality. Whatever, you know. And it was a beautiful sunny day, and you know, the guys were asking me. Um, you know, like, would you ever, would you ever drink again? I'm like, I, I, no, I'm not going to. But nothing would make me more happy than to go out, sit by the pool, you know, have a little bag of coke on me, and get drunk. I would like, you know, I've still got. I would. I don't think I'll ever get over that. You know, I enjoy being drunk. Mm-hmm. I enjoy getting high. I enjoy. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to do it again, but you know, I love the feeling of just being completely fucked up. But you know, yeah. I can't do it. It's as simple as that, yeah. and I think that's going to live with me for the rest of my days. There's, you know, there's no like I try to justify it to myself and go, oh, you know, like I could have one, but then I go, you know, what you just said, you know, the hangover. It's the, I guess. You know the 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 ten hour high of you know the the bender for a seventy two hour low, you know, and it comes you know yeah. especially with me, I don't do well with those lows. I, and having two kids, I I don't think, you know that that's that's a recipe for disaster. Now, I guess going back into your story, like when did you discover, you know, the ultras like just triathlon, like long course triathlon was your thing, like was the one that you, you just don't go from, oh, I don't drink anymore to boom, I'm doing Ultraman, BVRT, you know. Yeah. I oh, it Like the whole triathlon thing started, I think it was around 2006 when I was pretty overweight, um, you know, and I thought, oh, I can't remember what, what I'd done, but tried to we might have even played touch rugby or something and man i could i was that unfit that slow um it was a yeah it was disgraceful you know because back when i could play you know when i played cricket and rugby i was pretty fit and fast and all that so i a mate of mine worked at a shoe store um got a pair of new balance running shoes got some i just decided i'd run down the road and back and i i think it was might have been a K or K, two Ks at, at that, and man, I felt rubbish. But you know, the next day I went a little bit further. Next day a little bit further than that, and then next thing I was running five K. And um, 
my dad and my stepmom, they're pretty good triathletes and runners. And they said, oh, why don't you train for something? And I think it was 2007, I signed up for the Auckland Half Marathon. And my dad gave me some a few tips on training and what I should be doing. And um, what I liked, first of all, was like that I dropped a heap of weight straight away. And um, <clears throat> the fitter I got, the faster I got. And um, again, like booze, you know, I was all in. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to mm. do a half marathon and um, give it a go. And then you know, I even set some target times and all that sort of thing. And um, I actually went all right. I, I think I ran straight off the bat. Um, I think I ran a 124. Um, so, oh. yeah, so yeah, not wow, too bad okay. for a guy who, you know, <clears throat> Oh, at that time, I was still drinking, but, you know, I committed to training and all that sort of thing. Mm. So, yeah, I once I'd done that, we I do remember I sat down with my dad and my stepmom and we were talking about running and I, I, someone mentioned triathlon. Oh, you guys should give triathlon a go. And um, then we came up with the idea rather than all sort of jumping into the deep end and trying to do it ourselves, you know, individually – um, my dad, my stepmom, and myself draw. Uh, we decided to do a team and do the Olympic distance team out at um, oh, where was it? Maraitai Beach, um, out um, East Auckland, and um, we draw. We drew our straws to see what leg we were going to do, and um, mm. sure enough, I drew. I drew the swim leg. And I went to a local pool up in Auckland and thought, oh, yeah, I did a bit of swimming back at college. Um, and, I mean, I was never a swimmer. I was always a you know, athletics running. And um, so I, a friend of mine, he was a swim coach. He gave me a few pointers. Next thing I know, um, we'd signed up for this triathlon, went out there. I wore a short arm, short leg surf wetsuit. And it took me, I think it took me, I can't even remember now, something like um, 28 minutes, 29 minutes for 1,500 mm. or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't, it was okay. But I remember doing the training for it and I went to this pool and it's a 60-meter pool and I couldn't even do one length. Yeah, and that was like, holy shit, this is, yeah, this is hard. But then we went out and did this team race and we actually went really well. It was quite a cool buzz. You know, you know, you go to your first yeah, triathlon yeah. event, everyone's, I don't know, everyone's buzzing for it. So we were, the next race was at a different location and we all decided that we'd do the sprint distance. And I brought, I did a bit more biking and run training, uh, joined the uh, triathlon squad um, to train with. They gave me a few pointers and I did a sprint distance and I think I went an hour on oh, hour 15 or something like mm. that. So not bad, but I was on a steel frame bike, you know, the mm. gears on the down tube, amateur. So like real beginner stuff. And um, the funny thing was I actually really enjoyed it. And so basically that was the start. And I was like, right, okay, the next step up is Olympic distance. So uh, it might have been a few weeks later we did the Olympic distance and I think I went two hours, 20-odd, and mm. was like, oh, yeah, that's – thing what I liked was, well, I can do better than that, you know, and that's all the motivation I needed. Yeah. 
and um, that might have been in 2008. And then the guys I started training with, oh, you should come to Wellington and do the the standard distance nationals. Mm. And I went down there and got absolutely smashed. Um, then sort of went back to the drawing board, trained harder, and then I was just like, you know, into it. That and that's the, that was the start of my triathlon sort mm. of journey. And um, I think the following year I made the um, New Zealand age group team, and I think we went over the Gold Coast 2009. Yeah. Yeah. And and um I did the world champs and I think I was tenth in my age group. Yeah. And went under two hours for a standard distance. Um one fifty wow. I think I went one fifty eight or something. So yeah. Uh, and it was just that from where I was where I'd started to end of two thousand and nine was just a huge um leap that I, I'd caught the bug like you wouldn't believe. Mm. And uh I think in that um, video, one of the videos, I you know, I was, I went from such a beginner to full on serious, getting the right gear, wetsuits, bikes, shoes, diet, uh, you know, watching what I was eating, mm. all that sort of mm. thing. Um, at that time, I was still drinking, so you know, I was cutting back a little bit, but then I'd have the odd bender. But it was, you know, then I went to. Budapest World Champs in 2010, ended up going over to Germany and racing for a um, team over there for uh, four months, lived in Germany. Mm. And so this was all short distance stuff. But um, what happened in Germany is I was racing sort of international athletes and got absolutely dealt to. Like the Germans, they train and race hard and mm. – um, I was getting absolutely smashed, but I loved it. And um, my first taste of sort of stepping up to longer distance stuff was I signed up and did the Alpe d'Huez triathlon. Yeah. And you, so that was, you swim, can't remember what you, 2K swim, it might have been 120K bike and a 20K run, but you run up at Alpe d'Huez up at 2,000 metres. Oh. So... You know, no altitude training, no mountain um, yeah. training on the bike. Um, I think so. You ended up doing two category one climbs, which were unbelievable like an hour and something each, doing yeah. these climbs on the bike. And then you finish up, then you start at the bottom out the wears and go up out the wears. And yeah. um, that was unreal. Uh, it pissed with rain the whole day. And I loved it. I just couldn't get enough of, I don't know, being out there for hours. And I can't remember. I think it might have taken me six or seven hours, I think. Mm. And um, that was me, long distance. Yeah. That I was, was like, like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I was like, this is, I think this is where I could be okay in, you know, at. And um, signed up for Challenge Wanaka in. Beginning of 2012. Yeah. So I went down to Challenge Wanaka and I was the first age group at home. I think I went nine hours 24. I was two minutes behind, two minutes behind Simon. He was racing pro. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a couple of people said to me at the time, oh, wow, you know, great race. You know, I um, won a spot to Roth, Challenge Roth. 
And um, someone said to me, I think you, you know, you should race pro for Ironman. And I went, nah, no, I can't race, you know, pro. And I sort of looked into it a bit more and <clears throat> jumped on uh, at the time. Um, Brett Sutton, you know, in Australia there, they had a, uh, the yeah. team was called Team TBB. Okay. Yeah, so I jumped on, I was in their development squad uh, as a as a young up-and-comer, and I had a coach called Matt Curry for I've six heard, years. Yeah. He coached me. Yeah, Matt, Matty, and um, so that year in 2012, I went over to um, Indonesia and raced, at the time they called it Metaman. Uh, which was yep. a long distance race. So it was an Ironman distance um, over on Bintan Island. And that was my yep. first pro race. Yeah. And and so that was what, uh, end of 2012. And then that was it. I was yeah, You're hooked. Hooked. Well, I've, I've just, and... um, oh, when is it? May. I'm doing Port Macquarie full in May. That's my first one. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I know I'm going to, like, I know how to suffer. Like, that's the thing, you know, I've done a few, well, not a few, I've done a lot of ultras now and I know how to suffer. So I know I'm going to finish it, but am I going to finish it well? That's my biggest question. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm training with a, a coach on the Gold Coast now and I'm, I'm just putting in the effort. I really, I think, you know, after this training block, I have had, um, glandular fever for the past like three weeks. So that has completely rocked oh, me. Okay. But there's yeah. like, again, I, I always thought it was, I, I guess for me, the, the my mentality is I just have to go. I'm always on the go, 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 go. But then, you know, I've got to ask myself, what's it teaching me? I was I was bedridden for like 36 hours and I'm like, fuck, I, like mind over matter sort of, I guess, David Goggins, that you have to get up and train. And I, I went out, I went to the gym, did something on the bike and it, it fucked me even more. So I was like, I yeah. need... I really need, you know, three weeks off. And I did I want that three weeks? No, but, you know, I think it taught me a lot about myself that I do need rest because I'm not – my recovery piece is is shocking. <laughs> like, it's really, really bad. So I'm just trying to hit all – you know, tick all the boxes leading into this race. And, you know, if it takes me 16 hours, it takes me 16 hours. You know, if it takes yeah. me – 10 hours, 10 hours, I, I don't, I really couldn't care. I just want to finish it and go, I've, I'm an Iron Man, you know, just to hear those words. I, I cross the line and, you know, I think, you know, this one's a sentimental one. Like it, this Iron Man is like, I guess last year I did the 48 um, hour race on the, on the track and oh, you know, that was right. nice yeah. to, it was nice to hit a hundred miles. Like finally, I've done, I ran a hundred miles. That was great, but it didn't. It's funny we always say this, but it, it, you know we always push, push that limit and go. Oh, what else could we do? But hundred miles for me was like yeah. But I think for an Ironman, that's my A race. That just to say I finished an Ironman. Like I'm not. I'm no real big runner. I'm a swimmer at heart. I've always done swimming my entire life. And it's the bike that scares the shit out of me. You know, 180 kilometers with 1,600 meters of elevation. Like, to me, yeah, I it's cannot. it's a new course. Is it? It's a new course. 
So I think you do, you know, yeah. two loops, um, two loops out sort of countryside <laughs> and then come back and go coastal road and back. And it's like, oh, yeah. like 1,600 metres. Yeah, I've done Port Macquarie. Yeah, I've done Ironman Australia twice. Um, but, yeah, that was 20... 15 and 2016, mm. I think, or 17. One of, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, a few years, a few years ago now. Um, but that's, a, yeah, a great race. And, um, yeah, hearing old Pete, old Muzz, call you yeah. a lot across the finish line, yeah, that's, that's a special moment. So, um, yeah, look forward to that. And, yeah, I, I like, again, I'm putting in the training. And, you know, going back on you, you – I think people like, especially on Instagram and that, and social media, they'll they'll see you and go, "Oh wow, like he's such a fast runner." And you know, even with this, you know, BVRT to to run a hundred miles in fifteen hours at, or fifteen hours and nineteen minutes or what it was, you know, I couldn't fathom. I, I just thought this guy's gifted, you know, blah, blah blah blah. But then you look at like the years and years, and it's not one or two years of experience. You've got ten years of running and triathlon and and being active to get to you know like 15 hours of 100 like for a 100 miler like yeah so it's, it's oh, years and years of hard training solid training lots of kilometers um you know training with the legends of New Zealand and Australia you know Cam Brown um all those guys here in New Zealand, Simon, um, the Boasted brothers, oh, yeah, the list goes on. All that, all those guys racing with them, training with them, and you know, getting over to Australia and mixing it with you know, Reedy, Burks, mm. all those guys. Um, I don't know. I I always had to pinch myself that I was training and racing with those guys because, man, I'm just a you know, I I, I still think yeah, I was just a an average Kiwi dude from Waiuku who likes to suffer a bit and um, to mix it with some top guys was, and I was just happy doing that. And any results after that, you know, top fives or whatever was just an added bonus. Um, and then to get into the ultra running side of things and mix it with some of those guys and see what that's all about, you know, that sort of motivated me even more. And then, yeah, the, the BVRT 100 miler, that was, you know, everyone's like, oh, not much elevation in that course. And, um, you know, you're running on a smooth, beautiful trail. And I'm like, yeah, but you still got to run. You still got to run 100 miles. Um, I didn't walk any of it. Um, I mean, apart from a, a couple of little downhills crossing the um, <clears throat> the little streams. But other than that, it's, it, was, it was a runner's course. And mm. Alan the um, race director said to me, you know, you, sh you showed that a hundred miles on that course can actually be raced rather than sort of ticking it off in 16 and a half hours or whatever, you know, and then obviously my record got broken the following year or whenever it was. Yeah. Um, fuck, um, I was at that one with, um, what's his name? Ah, oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We know his, uh, what's his name? We both know who he is. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. I can't. So I, I apologize. I can't remember his name. And he went fourteen hours mm. fifty or something. You know. So, um, and I always said to Alan, you know, I said I'd love to come back 
with the likes of myself, Simon, Ryan, anyone who would be up for racing it. Mm. And because mm. I think on that course, you could go closer to 14 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you I, really, yeah. If you really had there. a group of guys who were like, okay, you know, say if there was six of you, you might only get two of you who might actually only finish, you know, might finish because, you know, it's sort of like a, a group of guys and you drop off if you've, if you're, if you're blown up sort of thing. And yeah, you know, that's, if, if you were to race it, that's the risk you run. But, you know, if you were to set someone up for a 14 hour a miler in Australia, that would be huge. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. I, and we were talking about, obviously I missed, I was meant to do Tauwera, um, hundred miler the other weekend, but I got COVID in the week leading up. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So I'd done a fair bit of training. My body's, my body was up for it. Um, I've been struggling the last couple of years with a few injuries, surgeries, and whatnot. But you know, I was prepared to, like you say, tough it out and just get the job done. You know, if it was going to take me 16, 20 or 24 hours or 30, whatever, I was, I was okay with that. I just, because I've had two DNFs there, I just wanted to finish. Um, but the level of athletes these days who can actually race mm. 100 miles um, is phenomenal. You know, like the top three guys, um, Adrian from the States, I mean, he went 15 hours and Sam Harvey went 15. 30, I think. Went 15, oh, yeah. 28, 29, whatever it was. You know, these guys, I mean, that's quick on that course. I mean, there wasn't as much elevation as the original course, but they still had to deal with nearly three and a half or 4,000 metres. Mm. So, you know, it's not it's not flat. It's not like UTMB over over in Europe where you've got 10,000 metres, but still, you've, you know, you've still got to put the um, pace in the legs. So, mm. yeah, I was gutted I missed out last weekend, but as you say, you know, Rest is is what was needed, and yeah, you've just got to keep moving forward. And um, Ironman New Zealand is this weekend, so I'm entered, but I'm probably on the fence whether I'll be racing or not. Just with mm. COVID, haven't done much training since COVID. Well, I've done a little bit, but not what I would have liked, and. Leading up to Tower, where I probably <laughs> slackened off the bike a little bit, so my mm. my bike volume is way down. But like you know, like you said, just go down there and start. And if it takes me 10, 11 hours, twelve hours, then I don't know. I it's something about Ironman New Zealand Taupo that mm. draws you back every year. Um, I think this year, if I do start and finish, it'll be my eighth or ninth Ironman New Zealand. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm probably not running on all cylinders at the moment. I've just been had an MRI on my lower back last week, and I've got a few disc issues and mm -hmm. nerve issues in my lower back. So now. Now that I have those results, it sort of explains why why I've been struggling the last mm. twelve months on the bike and the run, just with a few uh, right side leg um, issues happening. So mm. yeah, you know, it's all about I don't know dropping the ego and the expectations and 
just going out there and enjoying it because it's such a great race. Yeah, like uh, to to go off that, you know, especially for you and what you've done and achieved and, you know, how, how are you navigating that to sort of slow down? Like, you know, you, you're someone who trains a lot and, and is, is a high, I guess, a high capacity athlete. You know, for the mental health side of things, is that a bit of like a shock to the system to go, mate, like, yeah. Carl, time to slow down a bit. You can't do what you used to right now. Yes. Yeah. I um, I have probably found that the hardest thing in the last two years. So back in 2022, I had hip surgery, um, rebuilt my hip. And then three months later, I had knee surgery because my knee was basically worn out. Um, so sort of fixed that up opted to get them fixed rather than having replacements. So, um, and now obviously having back issues, I'm finding it hard to accept that I'm not mm. as fast and as competitive as I used to be. And going out and training and doing a 25 or a 30 hour training week, like I used to do, I, I can't do that anymore. And I find that quite hard to accept. Um, affects the mental health for sure because I see, you know, guys who I used to race against or used to beat um, times that I used to do and I can't even, you know, get close to them anymore, uh, especially on the bike where, you know, I used to average X amount of watts for a, an Ironman mm-hmm. and the thought of trying to do that now is mm-hmm. – oh, it so out of my reach that yeah it, it's a little bit demoralizing but mm-hmm. you know i am turning 45 this year i'm not you know i'm not done and dusted by any stretch of the imagination but i do find it hard to accept that i'm not like yeah not at the top of my game like i used to be um Trouble is, my expectation is still up here, mm. but my ability, current ability, and where I'm at is down here. And I'm always trying to get to that top level again without sort of thinking about where I've come in the last couple of years with surgeries and uh, a few health issues, um, the mental health side of things. Um, after the two surgeries, I ended up with um, blood clots on my lungs. Oh, and yeah. So I had no symptoms, really. I, you know, it was sort of re- a real shock to literally I was on the wind train, hopped off, coughed up a bit of blood, and I went, that's not right. And, um, yeah, next thing I was in Middlemore Hospital, in there for 24 hours, um, poked and prodded and scans and all that, and then they said, oh, you know, you've got um, – Blood clots on your lungs. Um, they've been there for quite some time, likely from the surgeries. And um, here's uh, six months of blood thinners where you go. Mm. Yeah, and... it's just like, like with your story, it's it's like oh, I guess I look at you, I look at Simon, I look at all you know these athletes, and I I, I put you guys on a pedestal. I go like fuck, like. You, you're a, you're an amazing athlete. 
you're all amazing athletes, you're fast, you know, high volume of training. And I go, wow, I aspire to be like that. But then you like, even me, and I talk about this on the podcast, like I I forget that you're human as well. Like I honestly forget that. So just like I look at Simon on especially social media and what you do on social media. And I go, I just look at the social media page and I go, oh, that's not a human. That's just a, a character. But then, you know, even listening to you now, like that must have fucking rocked you to be at this, you know, this A a grade athlete and then you know next thing you know you're coughing up blood you got blood clots you know like on on your lungs and like how how are you like for anyone that's sort of going through this i guess with sickness or you know just being put to a halt because of some sort of i guess external force you know how what's your message to them to get how to get through that how to navigate something like that Oh, talk to people. Don't be afraid to open up. Talk about your what's going through that you know that head. You know, and but um, yeah, just talk to friends because everyone will understand. Everyone will listen, um, despite what you think. Um, you know, I got home from the hospital and I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, I thought I'd done all the right things with, you know, keeping moving and not being too um, immobile. You know, I was like, why me? Um, you know, this this has only happened to me. But then I actually looked into it a bit more and it was quite common with athletes who have had surgery um, because literally I went from 20 or 30 hour training weeks to having surgeries to doing nothing, then getting going again. So my muscles and blood vessels and all that had been sort of stagnant for, you know, from what they used to do. And so there's a little bit of research behind um, endurance athletes and clots and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, it rocked me. For sure. This episode is brought to you by Gooch Goo. Goochgoo is a multi-use unisex anti-chafe barrier cream for ultra-distance athletes such as myself, triathletes, adventure racers, and any other sport where friction can occur. It's water-resistant, reef-friendly, and its antibacterial formula ensures that you stay active and away from the sidelines. Now, Goochgoo has actually worked closely with some of the best professional athletes in Australia to create the perfect solution to chafe which in turn came up with an all-purpose balm that may soothe, repair, and protect the skin during prolonged physical activity, both in and out of the water. Now, this is a personal preference of mine, and, and one of the things I really like about this brand is that the Chafe Balm is actually, you know, it, it's made with no nasties, so there's a lot of love that's put into it, and that only means it's made with premium organic ingredients, which I, I absolutely love. And, you know, if you know me, I use this stuff pretty much every single time I go for a run or a ride because I have big tree trunks as legs. So I, I chafe all the time, and this stuff has pretty much saved me from chafing. And, you know, I, I, look, I love the, I honestly love the stuff, and I wouldn't get, uh, you know, a, a sponsor like this. Gooch goo on if I if I didn't really truly believe in it. 
Now, this brings me to the main point. Goochgoo have kindly given you guys, the listeners, a discount code for 10% off your total order, your entire order. So use the code, two words, running deep. That's one, running, two, deep, two words, at checkout for 10% off your total order. Two words, running deep, 10%, it's all yours. Get a discounted chafe balm. It's amazing stuff, guys. Why? Because chafing sucks. Now, back to the show. Yeah, for a few weeks afterwards, I was okay. And then I'd, I started having a few flashbacks, a bit of PTSD mm. um, of sort of like, oh, hold on, my ribs are sore. Oh, no, have I got more clots, even though yeah, I'm on blood yeah. thinners. Um, so then what I developed from there was severe, what they call health anxiety. Um, and I'm more than happy to talk about it because people go through it and don't, you know, don't talk about it and they really, you know, suffer. Um, I, you know, with that PTSD and the health anxiety, I actually went through a bit of depression as well. Um, that was end of 22 and into the summer of 23. I just, there was times where I didn't really leave the house and I just lazed around because I was scared of something happening to me or coughing up blood or I don't know. Then it sort of stemmed into other things like heart and lung. Are my lungs damaged? Do I need more scans and questioning doctors and specialists, not trusting them. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shit time. You know, really, uh, for a good, probably a good six months. You know, I, I'm not afraid to say that, you know, I went and saw a psychiatrist just because, mm. you know, I was just dealing with things that my wife couldn't really help me with. You know, she would listen and I'd talk to um, her about things. Um, I do have a couple of really close friends who I do talk about health anxiety and stuff like that with who have gone through similar um, trauma. And it's quite common for people to develop that type of anxiety if they've had serious, mm. you know, life-threatening trauma. And, um, yeah, it's, it's getting better with time, but there's still, I still have my moments. Um, yeah, it's – yeah, man, it, you know, like I always – I don't know, I seem to – I always thought I was bulletproof. Um, mm. You know, I could train hard, I could race hard, I can recover well. Yeah, man, I'm I'm good. I'm going to be good till I'm 50, 60, you know, and then hip starts playing up, knees, um, back, all the rest of it, and then you throw in, you know, a life-threatening um, experience and shit, you go, man, I'm mm. I'm not bulletproof. So, yeah, yeah, I deal with a lot. I, I talk to a lot of people. Um about it and you know i i've put it out there you know if anyone i don't it doesn't matter who you are if i don't know you or you just follow me on social media you know um message me um anytime 24 7 you know i'm even if it's just a vent or to say hey i'm having a shit day what are you up to and you know i i have shit days as well where mm. um yeah, I do still have a bit of depression or PTSD or mm. health anxiety, something twinges with my body and I'm like, oh, what's this? You know, do I need to go to the doctor? Yeah, so it's 
I mean, as stupid as it stupid as it sounds, it's yeah, it's a real thing. No, that it's not. It is not like honestly, like uh, in more ways than one, I can sort of relate to that. Um, I guess going going on that piece, you know, being bulletproof. You know, my first experience with that personally. He's my. I've. This is common knowledge, but he's still alive. Just so you know. But my my dad was uh, doing a half Ironman. Fit as any, like he was, fit fit. Um, and he collapsed at the uh, at the end of a half Ironman and was pronounced dead for like fifteen minutes. Had a heart attack, died. Like died. They resuscitated yeah. him, came back, and I've gone. He's supposed to be fit. Like what's got like, you know what's going on here? So ever since then, for me, I've always looked at my life as finite. You know, anything could happen. So that you know, the whole reason I signed up to Port Macquarie was because, I, as cliche and as I guess online world as it sounds, you know, you're not promised tomorrow. You know, so I want to, I want to, I want to tick these things off. Um, because I, I, anything could happen, anything could happen and, you know, injury or anything. So I'm trying to make the most of it for me now, because as you, as you said that, you know, we're not bulletproof, we're really not bulletproof. And, you know, it seems like you, you're in a, you're in a better place about it, like how you're talking about it. Um, but it's true. Like, you know, if something happens to like, I, (laughs) because heart issues run in my family i thought one day i was running in my heart it was just an irregular beat and i went oh my god like is this happening to me am i and i suddenly had this like anxiety of if i run at a certain heart rate i'm i'm gonna fucking put myself in hospital you know so i i again i i can i can really relate to that sort of anxiety of that's what it is. It's just this anxiety, PTSD from what has happened to you in the past. Yep. So how yeah. how are you yeah. now? Like where where are you now with with all this? Like are you are you getting through it okay? Yeah, I get I get through it. I, like I said, I have the ups and the downs. Um, if I talk to talk about it, you know that helps. Um, keeping busy. Um, I've got, you know, I do a lot of breath work, meditation mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I've got a um, really good friend of mine, Gareth, Gareth, who's a um, performance and breath work coach. Um, and I quite often just talk to him, do breath work or do a gym session with him. Yeah, uh, do it. And that's why I sort of got back into playing a bit of golf and mm. hanging out with my mates who are not in the whole triathlon and ultra running scene. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hooting around in a golf cart, have a laugh, hit that stupid white ball that's um, as frustrating as hell, but I enjoy it. Um, I'm a lifeguard out in the beach here. I live literally three Ks from the West Coast beach called um, Karatahi here. And so I'm a lifeguard out there now, which mm-hmm. I'm actually really enjoying. Um, there's a good, good bunch of guys out there who are super experienced and I'm learning a lot from them, you know, from oh, anything from reinstating a IRB engine to first aid, CPR, um, all that sort of thing. 
uh, on the weekend, I was on patrol Saturday and Sunday and actually popped my cherry and did, uh, I ended up doing um, two IRB rescues as a, you know, a crewman in the boat and dragging people into the boat and a couple of tube rescues. So um, nothing too serious, thankfully, but it was uh, a bit of a rush to get the, mm. get the call that, you know, people are need need help and you're in the boat and dragging them in that sort of thing so um yeah i've sort of taken a i wouldn't say i've taken a big step back from triathlon and ultras and stuff like that but just allowing other things to fit into mm. my life that's um are, you know are completely different to triathlon and that because i've done it for so long i sort of forgot <laughs> how much I did enjoy playing golf or surf. Yeah. Like I surf quite a bit mm. now and I don't, you know, for me, surfing is good for the soul and it really, uh, going in the ocean for me is a really good mental health mm. calm, you know, calms me for my mental health. Um, yeah. I surfed on Saturday for a couple of hours and yeah, I thought to myself, yeah, I could do that every day now. So, mm. you know, that would, that would make me happy. So, yeah, no, I'm doing pretty good with everything. I, yeah, like I said, I do have my moments, though. Some days, unfortunately, I just sort of sort of lays around on the couch. And But I know that's just part of yeah. the process of going through trauma and PTSD and having depression. Um, you know, and that's why I say, you know, if anyone's listening or follows me on social media, you know, anytime – it doesn't matter who you are or, or what you're up to, just message, you know, like there's always people to listen. Um, and, you know, a, a thing with depression is, and what I found is it sneaks up on you before you sort of even know what's going on. Um, for me, I sort of didn't really know what was happening before I was right in the middle of it. So, you know, it was for me and my wife, Paula, it was a bit of a, it was a tough three or four days, really. And, um, but now she knows when I'm having those off days or, um, yeah. But we, yeah, we, we know what to do. And I've got, you know, I've, like I said, meditation stuff and breath work, which really helps. So, like, you know, I always like ask people that are in it and have gone through, it, you know, what for someone, could be an athlete or just anyone in general. But I think this more like it should relate more to athletes because I guess, you know, it, when, when, when your training comes to a halt like it has for you, like it fucking would, like when your identity for X amount of years has been this athlete and then to suddenly go, this has happened to me, how do I get through this? That's that's going to take a toll anyway on anybody, not like, you know. Yeah. So what what's your message to the guy, the girl, them, who is going through a real rough patch because of external forces? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question because for eight months, I think it was, I didn't run. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, running was my way of dealing with stress and anxiety and just... I don't know, you know, leaving everything at home, going out for a run, listening to music or a podcast or whatever, um, you know, and for not having that for eight months, 
Um, yes, I could hop on the wind trainer and I was on Zwift, but I don't know about you, that's not the same. (laughs) Um, no, staring at a TV, you know, um, is nowhere near as good as going for a trail run and running through trails and just not giving a shit on how fast you're running or distance, just running on trails. So yeah, I don't know. My message or my, my thoughts are you're not alone. Um, there are people out there like myself who, who struggle, you know, daily, or if it's not daily, you know, weekly, but just the, my message is to talk to someone, you know, find someone or reach out to someone and, just check in, make sure that you're, you know, everyone's, that you're okay or a friend's okay. Um, any time of the day, I, I think that's, be open about it um, and just know that you're not alone. I love it. And I, I think for you, like, you know, as I said, I put, I put you guys on a pedestal and we sort of forget that these, I guess, elite athletes and us are human. And I think this is a really... I I just want to say thank you for sharing that because, you know, it's going to give people like you have a lot of pull in this community, um, especially, you know, triathlons. People know who you are. You know, your Carl, your Carl Reed, everyone, like everyone I've spoken to has heard of you <laughs> or knows who you are. And, you know, to have a more vulnerable side like that, to, to go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering here and there. Yeah, I've, I'm a human as well. I think you know, the more vulnerable we get, the more power it is to everybody else. I guess you're right now giving permission for athletes, for anybody that listens to this, to feel a bit more, to go, hey, I'm not in a good place. That's okay. You know? And, yeah, you know, it's I, okay. I guess for, yeah. it's okay. It's fucking okay. Like, I was kicking myself with this glandular fever thing because I'm like, oh, I'm back, you know, I'm three three weeks off my training block and blah, 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 blah. But I went, okay, what's it trying to teach me? You know? Yeah. Really, the way I'm trying to put it, I'm tr- trying to put it through the lens of with anything now, if I have any injuries or anything, and I think a lot of people should do this too, is, you know, it's not happening to me, it's happening for me. How am I going to, you know, take this, I guess, it's how you perceive it, like this thing that's happened to me, not this bad thing, not this good thing. It's just a thing. It's how we perceive it. You know, so for me, yeah. you know, even like I've just had a realization today is, you know, I, I've just, I'm not, I'm not dieting as such, but I'm eating a lot healthier. Uh, I'm talking, you know, just more nutritious foods. I feel, I actually feel a lot better funnily enough. Because before that I wasn't, and I wouldn't have taken that step to diet or eat better if it wasn't for this sickness. If that yeah. makes, if that's, yeah, you know. So I'm trying to find the the silver lining in all this, and it, and it, I think you know, listening to you and just watching you talk about this, it sounds like you know this time off for you. You know, you're finally getting to do things that you genuinely enjoy. I'm not saying you don't enjoy triathlon, but it's like time time for Carl. You know, you, you, you're going yeah. out in the ocean, you're slowing down and maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's the universe sort of going, yeah, hey, enjoy yeah. it. That's, that's 100% right because on Saturday I surfed for two hours, came home and I, I had a real good surf and was out with mates and we were all just buzzing. 
got home. Then I was on patrol all day, did my first rescues and all that. I got home on Saturday night and I couldn't really sleep because I was still buzzing from yeah. just a, nice. just the epic day versus, you know, the, a few weeks ago I went, you know, Simon and I did our last mile of prep run. We did a 60K run down in Rotorua. And, hey, don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed that day. But my body was suffering a bit. Simon knew that. Um, you know, and then obviously getting COVID and I was so gutted, but then, you know, a few people said, you know, it's out of your control and exactly. I always yeah. find that hard, you know, when it's, when you can't control what's going on, you know, I, I don't deal with that so well, but I'm slowly learning that if it is out of your control, you've just, it is what it positive, is. Keep moving forward. And Hey, yes, I missed out on Tower but it's not the end of the world. Um, mm. there's always next year there's I'm going to do the Riverhead Backyard Ultra coming up in, in end of March which mm. I'm excited about um, hey if I line up for Ironman this weekend then that's all good if I don't I've got four athletes that I coach who are racing so you know it's not all about me I can go down there and support them so yeah I don't know, getting COVID in a way was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because I probably wasn't at the top of my game ready for a miler the way I wanted to race it. Mm. Um, so, you know, hey, there's other races. I've already talked to Alan about coming over to do BVRT 100 again. Um, you know, Simon's going to be up for this Backyard Ultra and a few of the other guys I know. So, you know, yeah, it's there's other things out there because yeah, you know, for a, I don't know, for a little bit there when I had COVID, I was like, Oh man, you know, that's it ruined, you know, all the trainings down the drain. And I was like, Oh, hold on. Mm. It's you. Yeah. You change the mindset. You're not the old Carl mm. like you, um, you used to be, you know, there's, yeah, like you say, there's other things that I'm enjoying and, and it's okay. And that like listening again, I'm just watching you, talk about it it's like it's time for you to again i i'm a believer in there's some fucking mystical whatever you want to call it that governs this universe i don't know what it is but everything happens to us for a reason that's what i truly believe and you know it sounds like it's yeah. time for, for you to i'm not saying you haven't enjoyed it in the past but really keep your you know cup half full like go into these sort of races to enjoy it to have a bit of fun who cares if you if you come like like it's you know it, it just seems yeah. that it's it's happening for you in a positive way that you you get to finally i guess slow down and actually enjoy it without you know i guess those uh i don't know the the anxiety of letting anybody down or, you yeah, know, I, I, that's one thing I do find hard. I've got, I still think I'm letting sponsors down, people who support me, followers, all that sort of thing. Whereas, you know, Paula, my wife said to me the other day, you know that a lot of people who you go out and race against haven't had two lots of surgeries and been through a bit of trauma and... Mm. All that sort of thing, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's that's true. I yeah, I get that. And Saturday was the classic example. Like I said, when I surfed for two hours, I sat it sat on the bed at home, and I went, ah, oh, I should really. If I'm going to do Ironman, I should really go out and do a 
a three-hour bike. <laughs> and um, I sat on the bed. I looked at our bedroom window. There's some wind turbines up on the hill, and they were, they were facing east, which means here, you know, offshore breeze. And I went, ah, oh, surf will probably be good. So I'll be check the surf report, and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll go biking. And I went, hold on. I went, fuck it. No, you said to yourself, <laughs> if the surf's good, if the surf's good, who gives a shit about your bike? Don't, you know, that can, yeah. can bike any day. Um, so, you know, got the surfboard out, went out the beach. <clears> three <throat> of my mates are already out <clears> there. And I'll tell you what, I was so glad that I didn't go biking. <clears> um, so, yeah, it, yeah, that was a real good thing for me on Saturday. Um, it took <laughs> funny. It took a lot of um, a lot of willpower not to go and get the the cycle kit on and get out on my bike. But uh, you know, I'm glad that I decided not surfing. So yeah. How, but how funny is that though? You know, so back at like when you when you were sort of getting into training, you know, it was the willpower to get you your, your gear on and get out for a ride. But now it's the willpower to not go for a ride and go out and enjoy. You know, like it's yeah. it's, it's it's backwards, but it's a beautiful backwards in a way. Like it's yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was there, there was a couple of weeks ago, and I I think I had a I don't know, I can't remember. It might have been a four hour run scheduled on my program, and the surf was good. You know, <laughs> I went out to the local forest, and I'm running out there, and I looked down to the beach, and I was like, oh man, the surf is good. But I'd chosen to go training over surfing, and. I said to my coach, Craig Kirkwood, at the time, I said, uh, I said, man, I, I think if the surf's good and there's a four-hour run in there, I think I should be going surfing. Yeah. So, and he was like, yeah, you know, but I, I was in that old frame of mind, that old, you know, training is number one and nothing else um, can sort of get in the way of that. And I was like that for a long, long time, you know, like, um, when I got back into golf, a couple of my mates said, oh, it's so good to you know, have your back playing golf. Um, mm. Yeah, they, they're like, oh, you know, we, we never messaged you to come and play golf because we knew you were always training. So that's, you know, and I was like, oh, man, that was I really that? Yeah, yeah, I was committed, you know, and, and that's fine. But now I don't have to be so committed. So, you know, the boys message me all the time. I ain't keen for golf. And yep, okay, sweet. So, yeah, it's um, it's taken a while for me to change that mindset, but I'm slowly getting there. But it's like, you know, it it served you at the time. You know, you, you, I guess you, you can't look back and go, ah, fuck, I trained too much and I did this. And it's like, well, no, at the time, that's what you did. That was your identity. That was who you were, you yep. know. And true, yeah, yeah, and, what, and I and I shouldn't really, yeah, I, I wouldn't change it, but yeah, now's exactly. the time to that I can change it around. Like your your default state right now is still in that sort of like, I need to train, I need to do something, I need to that, and now it's sort of like, ah, do I have to? I still have this yearning to train and yearning to push myself, but it's like, no, I can go for a fucking surf. But I think yeah, it ties yeah. into that like movement is medicine and that's what my coach at the moment i don't know if you heard adzi adzi gordon adam gordon yeah i know um, adzi very well he was yeah. messaging me a couple of days ago so adzi's my coach and he yep. has been 
for me, I guess I'm more of like a uh, holistic, like I train holistically. I train to feel, I train for me, not, you know, of, of course I want to finish the things I want to finish, but if I can't do the session, he just says, go out for a walk, go move your body and, and use the language that yeah. I get to train. You know, I, I get to go for a run. I get to go for a swim because it's true. You know, it's a, it is a privilege that I get to wake up every morning and run with a, a run group because some people don't have that privilege and some people don't have the, I guess, if you're disabled or you know bedridden, they don't have that privilege of, of movement. Yeah. So yeah. it's those days where I go, I can't, I can't be fucked moving my body. And if I'm, I, if I am sick, I'll just go for a walk and he's happy with that. And that's the thing that makes me want to train with him because there's yeah. no expectation. I'm the only one with my own expectation. As you said, I'm up here, like my expectations up here and where I want to be, I'm, I'm still down here and I'm trying to get up there. But at the same time, I'm going, just enjoy the process. Like, I've got there's yeah. plenty more runs. There's plenty more everything, and it's like just enjoy. I guess, yeah, just enjoy it for what it is. Just enjoy. It. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing I like. I said I'm slowly learning. Is <clears throat> okay. I can't be fucked going for a run this afternoon. That's okay. Don't go for a run, but go at the beach. Go for a walk down the sand. Jump in the water. Um, you know, do a like yesterday morning. Uh, yesterday here it was raining. Patrol was pretty quiet, so I went in and did. Oh, I was half an hour worth of body surfing. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was cool. And okay, hey, I didn't run this morning, but I still got to do thirty minutes of body surfing. So, um, take it, you know, like you know, and it's okay not not to. To, it's okay to have a, run, a day of running um mm. whereas you know a couple of years ago man like i just have to tick Bank, every yeah, session yeah tick. yeah yeah tick 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 green boxes and training peaks green boxes and training peaks that's all it's it's ever been and yeah it's it's taking a while but yeah it'll, i'll get there with it so yeah Oh, look, I, I really appreciate, like, I've just sort of seen the time now and i probably yeah, getting into your own person. Oh, we've been going for over an hour, hour and 20, something like that. Oh, that's all right. No, no. Oh, it's just uh, my my wife works up in town, so she she stays with her mum on a Monday yeah. and a Tuesday night. Oh, cool. So um, cool. just me and the dogs at home. So, yeah, it's pretty cruisy. Cool. No, look, I, I again, I, I fucking, I, I really appreciate you're being so open, just it's going to really, you know, give permission, as I said, for my audience to whoever listens to this to go, fuck, Carl is a real human being, real emotions, who's not a training robot, who is real, like you're a human, just like the rest of us. And I think, you know, as I said, it's going to give permission for these guys to feel and heal the same way you are at the moment. So what what I usually yeah. do, I, you know, I've got two questions that I sort of end all my podcasts on it's you know the first one is you know what do you want my audience or the world to know about you um yeah that's a good question that yeah i'm 
well, for me, I'm just a typical Kiwi bloke who works hard and is down to earth. And yeah, if you work hard and stay focused, you know, you, you can achieve anything really. Um, whether it's a 5K park run, an Ironman, or whatever, you know, work hard and you will you will get there. Um, it will hurt, but you know, everyone everyone goes through the same thing, and but it's also okay to you know um, trip over it. You know, every now and then, you know, not everyone's perfect. Not not everyone has, you know, um, myself included, the perfect training week. You know, I know Simon doesn't, Ryan, um, you know, Adzi will say this to you. You know, yeah. Like we said before, you know, everyone, especially me, you know, you're not bulletproof. Nice. And for the person that is going through, I guess, you know, that 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 darkness, that that hole, uh, you know, the I always use the analogy. Have you watched Batman Returns or yeah. Batman, you know, when it's the one with Bane and they throw Batman into that massive hole? And, you know, he's trying to get out and he tries a few times and he has to jump to that rock. And, he, you know, it's that hole of just trying to, like, claw your way out. You know, what, what's your message to that person, that athlete, that mum, that dad, the daughter, the cousin, uncle, auntie, whoever it is that's stuck in the mud at the moment trying to, trying to get out? Be open and just know that you're not alone. Um everyone will find training life anything hard um and that's okay um but you're not alone that's the biggest thing you know i when i went through all the trauma and you know the body not cooperating all that sort of thing you know i thought i was alone i was like why me why me why me and you know the more i talked about it to to friends to family to just anyone i realized that yeah i'm not alone and don't be afraid to put it out there. Be open. Don't bottle it up. Um, especially uh, here in New, Ze New Zealand, New Zealand blokes, you know, great. We're great ones for not talking. Um, yeah, just you're not alone, basically. It's funny you say that. I, you know, I spoke to, I had Sam Harvey on here. Um, yep. And off the camera, you know, we were talking about, you know, what is like that sort of mentality. Oh, my best mate's from New Zealand as well, uh, I think South Island, and he said it's fucked. Like there's a there's a big family basis, you know, they're big on family and whatnot, but it's like as soon as it gets past that family part, you're feeling upset, you, you, you're depressed or anything. He's, he says it's very hard to talk to. I mean, there's, a, there's still a stigma behind it that, oh, like. Yep. Yeah. The the amount of just suicides and people suffering in New Zealand and especially blokes is the stats are not good. Um, the comedian Mike King, he's huge on it, you know. Um, but the government just oh, just there's no help, you know. Like it's mm. a struggle, um, and it shouldn't be, you, you know. Like you know, mental health 
and that you know the the black dog you know that's that's such a real thing and people should have, have access to mm. um to help 24/7 and it shouldn't be you shouldn't feel alone you know um yeah, yeah. it's yeah it it's terrible you know um but Mike King and a lot of people in New Zealand do such a fantastic job but they just need more help you know and man I if I can change you know a few people's outlook on life or if they want to talk to me whatever you know man I yeah that's that's way more important than anything else to me yeah like like I think in Australia the same sort of thing like it's it's especially on the gold coast right now there's a there's a mental there's there's like so many running clubs there's so many mental health clubs there's so many men's I guess mental health awareness workshops that, that that's happening and you know I think we're heading in a very positive but very active direction I still we have I I honestly still think we have a long way to go in regard to how we you know I I preach this I preach about reaching out and I you know but do I do I personally feel comfortable reaching out to someone because I think my own uh, I guess my own demons you know how are they going to react to what I'm going to say so I think we we yeah. I personally think we need to start teaching people how to listen not how to be there like what like again imagine yeah. someone who who hasn't dealt with depression or anything has had a pretty smooth sailing life you've gone to them and gone hey i'm depressed i want to kill myself you know they're sort of like oh uh you know what, what do i do here so i think there should be more i guess how to respond to something like that like teaching people yeah definitely. you know what to do yeah um because again like you know look i'm not gonna well, i'll throw my dad under the bus <laughs> he's he's a very old school old school man would i ever reach out to him about my own personal needs in regard to mental health probably not because i know that's going to be yeah. met with a i guess an old school way of thinking um you know I'd sort of tough it up. you're all right yeah have some yeah. vitamins have a green juice sort of thing and that's okay that's i've come to terms with it and gone you know that's that's just what it is you know that's that that's that generation's way of thinking I think we've got to start teaching this new generation of yeah. how do we respond to when someone says that because you're going to be yeah. met with a, oh, I don't know what to do, or a, I'm going to sit and actively listen to you. Listen, yeah. It's. It, I think it's just active listening. Not We're not trying to, I guess, fix the problem there and then. I think a lot of people just want to be heard. Like, oh, that's, oh I do. Yeah, I, I 100% agree is just to listen and and, you know, um, I've got a couple of people that I just, they just sit there and listen and I sort of vent mm. and, um, and, you know, at the end of it, I'm like, yeah, shit, sorry, I've, <laughs> I've waffled on for the last hour. Um, but they're like, that's, but that's what they're there for is just to listen. They, they don't have that silver bullet to fix anything or whatever it's just about listening and caring and just like and like i've said you know a few times now um making me realize that i'm not alone you know um i've got a couple of mates who um yeah who who know what i go through and 
we have a laugh about it. Um, a good mate of mine, he probably pops up for a coffee once, twice a week. Um, and he, he'll ask me, you know, straight up, you know, what are you dying of today? Um, mm. as a, as a lighthearted joke and, and I have a laugh about it because it brings me down in terms of not being so serious about, about my day. Um, and, but he, he knows that, you know, when to say a lighthearted joke yeah. or not and yeah. Yeah. Um and I've sat there and told him, man, this is what I go through. And he's yeah, it, he doesn't laugh or think I'm stupid or anything like that. He just listens. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, it's good yeah. to have mates like that though. And you know, uh, I've I won't be too long. I sorry, I we are going into your time. Like I'm sorry. So no, I've got um I've got a bunch of mates from year two that I'm still friends with. And last year, one of them, if it wasn't for his ex-girlfriend finding his keys on the bench where he wouldn't, when he wasn't supposed to be home, he was about two minutes from killing himself. That was the rough estimate. Yeah. And it was by an act of that, whatever power it is that she found those keys and went, he's home, he's somewhere in the house. This is wrong. There's something wrong. Yeah. And she found him, he had a, canister of argon gas in his car and he was going to gas himself but anyway it was a very very hard i guess you know for me i failed as a, i felt like i failed as a mate i felt like i wasn't there but he kept a lot of things to himself but we're sitting yeah. in there you know and it's always good to have mates that you can joke with and we're a very twisted bunch of mates like some of the things that we have conversations about if I guess anyone heard, we'd get in a lot of trouble. Those sort of mates. <laughs> um, yeah. And we're sitting in the, the psych ward and he wanted me to go get his, his bag or something. And I went in and go, oh, I was like, no, I don't feel comfortable. You know, and he was making jokes. He goes, oh, if you don't do it, I'll have to kill myself, try kill myself again. And it's like, oh, my God, you've been here for, like, that. that's not a, it's funny, but it's, you know, He's making light of the situation because he he finally felt that he had someone to talk to about. Yeah, it. yeah. you know, yeah. horrible taste of joke, but it was like he's finally opening up about it, and you know his his way of dealing with it was through humor and making jokes yep. about it, and and that's what we were there for. So as, as you know, but piggyback off what you were saying, as soon as we, I guess for me. As soon as we finally know that there's someone to talk to about it and and really like they listen really listen you know it opens up a can of worm a can of worms and it gives permission for other people to listen and and it's like a yeah a ripple effect a domino effect yeah i think like my wife she's very you know okay if i'm sick i'll go to the doctor um or yeah, you know, like, but she's, she's over the last year and a half, she's sort of realized, okay, I'm different. I see things differently or feel things differently to her, but she's slowly understanding what I go through. Mm -hmm. And mm. she now knows, you know, um, yeah, if I'm having my moments, what to do, what to say, um, yeah, it, it's taken her a little bit of time, but yeah, we, 
yeah, now sure we can get through it together. So yeah, you just have that mm. support and whether it's lighthearted jokes or yeah, it, it can be a number of things. Um, yeah, like so I've, I've got some group chats with mates who, you know, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> hopefully one, uh, hopefully no one ever sees these group chats or anything like that, you know, because it's the humor can be, yeah, but it's just our way of dealing with day-to-day life and what we're going through or, or just, yeah. Um, yeah. And one of my mates I actually caught up with on um, last Friday for a coffee. And, you know, he was one of my mates back in the day who we used to just get on the piss with 24 mm-hmm. seven. And he was the one who actually said to me um, on Friday, man, it's okay to slow down. You know, you, no one's expecting you to crush every race or training like you used to do. Cause you know, yeah, it, things change. You get older, um, you know, you, you find happiness or excitement with other things in life. And he, yeah, it was, mm. yeah, I, it was a pretty cool chat. We, yeah, it was, um, yeah. And probably why I went out on Saturday and surfed and not biked. So yeah, that's a beautiful yeah, it's, thing. It's good to have mates like that. I think you know, uh, like for me, looking in again, I could be completely wrong. You could probably tell me to fuck off, but I, I just see you know how you light up talking about doing things for you now. You know, you, yeah. you genuine like literally watching you, your your body movements. You're more, I guess, active with your hand. Like you, you it's like. It's like one part of you subconsciously is going, oh, like finally, it's it's me yeah, time. Yeah. And the the other, yeah. you know, rational part of you is going, no, we've got to, you know, you've got shit to do. You've got to train. You've got to do this. You've got to do the ultras. And it's like, ah, no. Nah. And there's, you know, they're, they're both fighting with each other at the moment. But, you know, even sitting down with your mate, you know, to, you know, you're not training, you're having a coffee. You know, it, it's it's a it's a beautiful part of your life that you're in now because you've everyone knows what you can do now it's time for you to sort of enjoy like just enjoy the surf enjoy the food enjoy don't enjoy heaps of food but you know what i mean yeah it, it, yeah. it, it seems like yeah. it, it it's serving you now and yeah definitely yep no i think you're yeah. right yeah but again thank you look i've we've gone so over time in a good way i really i genuinely appreciate this this is cool no worries man it's yeah it's good to chat i mean i know simon had a yarn to you a little while ago and we talked about yeah talked about what you're all about and um yeah no i'm stoked to be yeah on the podcast and um just to share yeah not too much about triathlon and ultras but you know other stuff which is and that's the whole purpose of this you know i don't Again, we barely fucking touched on your your athletic feats. You know, we did and we didn't. But I don't I love that stuff and I, I love times and I love, you know, that you can run a or used to be able to run a eighty kilometer in six hours and thirty minutes. But you know, yeah. it, I wanna get to know the person more. Like we're as I said, we're yeah. all fucking humans. Like we're not these, you know, robotic athletes that have nothing there you know we're all human and we're all going through i guess this life together simultaneously but with different experiences so 
I love to get a different perspective on what's going on in someone else's life. And, you know, I think after this conversation, I really hope, I, I don't, I hope, hope silly. I know this is going to resonate with a lot of people. I really do. Um, I think this is a real raw version of you and it's just nice to, I guess, to hear coming from Carl Reed, the man himself, that slowing down is, it's okay because it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. I appreciate your time, man. I really, really do. Right, so, Thank you very much. Oh, one more question. What's next? What is next? What, like, what have you got a plan? Um, yeah, well, short term, it's hopefully Ironman on the weekend. Um, but yeah, I, I'm leaning towards, yeah, obviously more surfing, a bit more golf. Um, but in terms of, of ultras or anything like that, I think I'm quite interested in the old backyard ultra scene. You know, your, your 6.7K loop on the hour um, and see how long I can go for. You know, I'm certainly not at Sam Harvey level or any <laughs> of those top dogs um, yeah. yet. But I think I think I I got a little bit of mental toughness there that can grind it out for you know I don't know 24, 30 hours maybe as yeah. a as a start. I mean I barely touched on it um, this time last year. I went up to Riverhead and gave it a go and did ten laps, um, you know, which wasn't too bad considering surgeries and no training. Mm. So. That gave me a little taste of it. So, yeah, that's something I'm looking at exploring. Um, and, hey, if I could get over and be part of the BVRT 100 again, mm. I'd grab that opportunity because Alan and um, Susanna, who you know run the event, I mean, they're very, very good friends of mine. They crewed for me back when I was doing Ultraman. Mm. Um, and not only good friends, but they run a great event and – I don't know anyone who goes there and goes on that trail will love it because um, my yes, DNF. It's... Yeah, I, I, I got to fifty six k. Again, the DNF wasn't because of me. My wife, who was in Ipswich at the time, actually broke her ankle, so there was oh, no one no. to look after yeah. the kids. So I was like, "Oh, I do, yeah, yeah." I remember seeing something on your socials about that. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh, um, fuck." But you know what it's like. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful trail, perfect for a long ultra run, you know. And so, um, yeah, I'd like to do that. Uh, I was actually talking to a few mates on the weekend. Um, wouldn't mind going down, surf trip for, you know, a week somewhere. Or I've got yeah. a mate who lives in Bali, stuff like that, you know, mixing it up a bit. Um yeah, so no, but Backyard Ultras really is probably something that I might look at for the rest of the year. Um, we'll see, but like I say, you know, if I get down to Taupo this week and, and race on the weekend, yeah, just uh, lower those expectations and enjoy being part of such a cool event. Yeah. Well, look, appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for spending what an... This is a long, I think this is my longest, longest conversation to date. So it's good. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. I appreciate yeah. it.